Hello, this is Greg Prado, author of the books Take It Off, Kiss Truly Unmasked, as well as the Eric Carr story, amongst many others. You're listening to the Shattered Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. Rock and roll! Army, Tom and Zeus and Murph with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 98, Happy Kiss Giving to Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. What's up, boys? Murph, welcome. We haven't seen you on the show in a while. What's up, buddy? Not too much. Thanks for the invite. Always good to see you and uh, nice to uh, participate once again. Looking forward to this. All right. Zeus, what's, always, up my, what's, up, what's up, my main man? It's always funny when we have Murph. It's like the Skype call is already 40 minutes in and we haven't started to record yet. Oh, yeah. We've been we've been taught. We we probably could have already been like an hour into the episode if we had hit record when we first started talking. Yes. Yep. And yep. then we would lose every single audience <laughs> member if they heard every single thing we said. No way. We just we just put put it we just put our audience through a three hour winger episode. They can sit through anything. Oh poor, poor, poor <laughs> loudcasters. <laughs> Fucking sunny poony. Settle oh. down, Kip. <laughs> hey, I like the album. Spoiler I'm, alert. We found out. I know. Um so boys, uh great to see you guys again. We're getting around that beginning of the holiday uh season with Kiss giving coming around the corner, and so we're making it a little tradition to have Murph on with us. And, um, but Murph, as we usually do before an episode begins, we look back to the previous episode, and the previous episode was about it was a tour episode, the Hot in the Shade tour. Uh, Tom, we usually do a poll. How was the poll, and how did it go? Yep, so the poll for the Hot in the Shade uh, episode was, which of the following songs from the Hot in the Shade set list would you have liked to see add to the End of the Road set list? And the options were I Stole Your Love, Strutter, I Want You, and Fits Like a Glove. And really, no surprise, I Stole Your Love uh, took it with 58% of the vote. You had Strutter at 22, and this was the surprise. Fits like a glove with 11 and I want you was last. And we'll get into a couple comments about that poll, but real quick, Murph, since you're our guest, what was, what would be your pick out of those four? I stole your love strutter. I want you fits like a glove. Even though strutter was the first song that I really got reconnected to. I stole your love. It's just such yeah. a great kickoff song. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Murph is too scared to have strutter because his, friend that joined us at the kiss concert 
<laughs> would probably have a panic attack and flip out on Murph. Hey, uh, is are they playing Strutter? Uh, no, it's not in the set list. What the fuck? <laughs> I drove up in a white van, no windows. So we had some poll feedback here. Nicholas Gratton said, "I stole your love." as it's a top five kiss song. Although I would love to hear fits like a glove. Um, our buddy Zandon black down in Australia. I stole your love. When they play this in Sydney on the farewell tour, they completely stuffed the intro and had to stop and restart the song. That wasn't the only error that night. It was probably the worst show of their tour. Um, and then we got Vincent Roman Maroney. <laughs> now I'm really angry. This is Fargan war. Uh, he picked I Stole Your Love because it's the best song on the list, but I almost voted. Uh, I'm sorry. He says, I picked I picked I Stole Your Love because it's the best song on the list. I almost voted for Fits Like a Glove because I'd be curious how it would sound with Eric and Tommy. Uh, Twisted Kister said, I had to go with a Gene song and what an awesome choice you gave me. The only way any other Paul songs would be added is if Tommy, Gene, or Eric were singing them. Paul needs less songs to focus on, not more. Oh, okay. Then our buddy Baco, I picked fits like a glove because I don't want to hear Paul sing. <laughs> our buddy Jack Pinocchio, without your theme song, Jack, we love you, but it's retired. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd love to hear fits like a glove, but I do not want to hear 70 year old Gene sing. Goodness sake, my snake's alive and it's ready to bite. bite. Yeah, it's a good point. Bill Elam, I think the first three choices would be great, perfect world choices, but I selected Fits Like a Glove solely based on reality. Kiss Man, I stole your love, but I equally want them to play I Want You and Fits Like a Glove. John Gross, uh, I stole your love. Dave G, Fits Like a Glove. A lot of people picking those, but we got some fans. Oh, oh, here's a great Twitter. Here's a great Twitter handle. Brett Hart's Concussed Brain. (laughs) Oh, that's the. Uh, he said the only correct answer is Strutter. Then we had a lot of people saying I stole your love. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of feedback on the poll. Six one seven five five five. Let's get into some episode feedback specific uh, from the episode itself uh, on Twitter. Uh, our buddy Steve never got to see the Hot in the Shade tour. We had to wait until the Revenge tour in ninety two. Um, I have a lot of bootleg audio and video from this tour. Every show looked and sounded amazing and a hell of a set list. Yes. Iowa Skolger, June 2nd show. I was 13. It was my first real concert that night. Kiss destroyed. They ruined every other concert by any other artist I would see going forward. I've seen the band over 50 times since that. Without a doubt, that was my favorite show. Our buddy Lance, jealous of anyone who saw this tour. Eric Carr is my all-time favorite drummer. And I'm also a huge fan of Slaughter and Danger Danger. I didn't see my first concert until 91. My biggest regret is never seeing Eric Carr live. Our buddy Deuce gets into it too. He says Kiss gets a bad rap for their supporting act choices. But here are the bands I saw open for them in the 80s. Pat Travers, Crocus, Wasp, White Lion, and Slaughter. Ooh, Crocus. Yikes. Oof. Um, that, wait a minute. Was that list a positive thing? Is that exactly. what you're trying to say? Uh, Jim McClanahan says incredible show by kiss. I enjoyed faster pussycat on the first leg. Not so much winger danger, danger and slaughter. Oh, all right. Oh God. Then our buddy Jack broad said, this goes out to Tom and Zeus cheers. And it's a bowl of gelato <laughs> based on our friend, Paul, um, who we will get to. 
Um, DG from Tennessee saw them in Johnson City, Tennessee, July 18th, 1990. Great show. Paul was definitely on for this tour. Love the episode T and Z. Halface says, great episodes, guys. Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits was released between Crazy Nights and Hot in the Shade. The success of that record may have pushed them to embrace their old catalog. Just a thought. It's interesting. Never thought of that. We got a nice comment here from Nige Savage. Another killer episode, Tom and Zeus. I didn't see Kiss on this tour, but love the album. Although, honestly, I prefer Crazy Nights. Anyway, love the episode as always. Please get Stuart on your show. Yeah, we will see. Be interesting some of the conversations we're having right now. Um, so there's some great Twitter feedback as always. And Zeus, you had some feedback uh, from Facebook, I think, too. Yes. Charles Eaton. My first and still my favorite concert ever attended. Slaughter and Danger Danger opened at Freedom Hall in JC. TN. Remembering getting the tickets a month in advance with my buddies on a rainy morning trip to Bristol to a record store. The best times of my young pre-adulthood life. Wow. Tom used to send Bridge to go do that for us, right? That was once. It was the it was the it was the reunion tour. That was back when you had a call or you could go to like the mall and they had like Ticketmaster outlets. Yeah. So we like we both kind of took one at a time. That was back before the internet. You had to like call or Macy's. If anybody out there knows That's what right. Macy's is, they had you'd go to Macy's and they had a Ticketmaster booth inside of Macy's, which was fucking bizarre. But anyways, yeah. Uh, Jack Panaccio on Twitter on Facebook said I had to go back and rewatch this whole live show. So I think he's talking about the Kissology. Yep. I hundred and ten percent take this show over anything they do. From here on in, wow. end of the road has nothing on this show. I was born way too late. Haha, ha, great episode. And just to add to the pandemic Paul stuff, 2020 has made Paul the biggest, I'm assuming that's bitch, but it's <laughs> out in rock and roll. Ha ha. All righty then. Steve Stickman never got to see the show. The original date was postponed and rescheduled. Due to Paul's breaking his ribs. We discussed that. Yep. When the makeup date rolled around, Kiss pulled out last minute. If I recall correctly, the reason was that he re-aggravated the injury. Winger and Winger and Slaughter went on with the show playing longer sets. But wow. it was a bummer not getting to see that show, especially considering it was Eric Carr's last tour. Hmm. Wow. Uh, Devin Dungan. Great episode, guys. Really enjoyed it. Greg Gould, nice. This is going to be good. Slaughter opened for them when I saw this show in Norfolk, Virginia. Mike Medina, great tour. Our buddy, Kevin Jepson. Tom and Zeus, porn cast. (laughs) 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 Laughing my ass off. Had to go back and watch Chameleon. Oh, God. Fucking Tori Wells was such a smoke show. You guys should do a porn reviews before you do the go fuck yourself segment. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, anyway, I saw this tour with Slaughter and Pastor Pussy. <laughs> Great show. Okay, I'm going back to Tory Wells now. And he's got a fucking eggplant emoji with like sprinkled water driplets going. Oh on. my god. Kevin Jebson. Oh. oh. Murph, any comments on Chameleon? <laughs> All timer. Top five. 
Oh yeah. I think it's the most watched porn or displayed porn at Stonehill. Oh, easily. Easily. The thing was just iconic for so many different reasons. With Victoria Paris. I can't believe that. My favorite thing of all this stuff is Tom Byron sitting like a fucking doofus in the restaurant. Yeah. While fucking Peter North is double teaming both chicks in there. And then Eddie, he's sitting there he's sitting there waiting for his pasta bowl and A's while his girlfriends they you know getting fucking Alfredo sauce. You know what's not in the top five? Wait, Uh-oh. wait, wait. Let me finish this last thought. Go ahead. Tom Byron had that fucking awful mullet. And he always any and it just killed the mood for me. I don't know about you guys. Any scene he would have in those eighties type movies, ninety late night, uh, late eighties, early nineties, he would always have those white tube socks on. <laughs> it'd be like his <laughs> band with this white socks <laughs> like, dude, get this fucking tool bag out of here with this need attraction and white socks. It's, it's it's just proof that porn is made for men because like th- just no regard for the female viewer where they think Tom Byron with his white tube socks is going to be like sexy. <laughs> he had literally no muscles on his fucking <laughs> At least Peter North looked like the kid from Stone Hill and was defined <laughs> and had a fucking schlong that could shoot out fucking Niagara Falls and hit a fucking girl's eyeball all the way from China. <laughs> oh, he man. was a man. All right, let's go to the loudcasters. What on that group page? Shout it out, loudcasters. Make sure you guys join. Tony Smith. Yeah, I got one right. And he yeah, was talking about the, the concert. Glad I, I was the runner up and got the Vinnie Vincent iron on. I heard that one is prone to not showing up after shipment. <sighs> Poor Vinnie. Yeah. Uh, Sean Hammond. Hi, guys. Great episode. I was at the show in Hamilton in October. We had Slaughter and Winger open up. Fly to the Angels was just blown up. So Slaughter was on fire. The place was packed and rocking. I refused to go to the Toronto show. It was one of off bills as Toronto's outdoor venues in the summer months. It was June. So th- thought of seeing Kiss as second to last in the daylight with zero pyro or effects. Wow. Which Paul was very vocal about during his stage raps was not appealing. I have many fr- friends go and Kiss not headlining is strange. The Hamilton show is a memory I will treasure forever. Nice. Craig Moran. This tour was phenomenal. I saw them at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. From the opening riff of I Stole Your Love blew my mind to the end of Rock and Roll All Night. It was an amazing show. Great memories. Could have done without Little Caesar. Oh, that's right. So he saw the show when they were in New Jersey where they played Little Caesar. Are you shitting me, buddy? No, I think I he's talking about. I, I don't know if he's. I think he's talking about the band because that's who I. I think he's talking about the band. Oh, I thought. I thought he was at the show where they played Little Caesar. No, I thought I, that was in New Jersey when that was played. I thought no, because I think he's referring to the band because that's because I saw them with Little Caesar and Slaughter. Oh, I thought you saw him with Little Kiss. <laughs> I would have rather that. <laughs> Jack Sneed. Seen this show in Greensboro was killer good, but I really hate it was the last time I got to see Eric Carr. 
Bill Algy, great episode. You two are pretty damn chatty. I saw That's the right. Shed Show in Indianapolis. We got Little Caesar as well. The great was great. So that's it for Facebook. All right. 617-555-0850. You're up next, Murph. Murph, you right. couple, got a couple emails. Yep. Uh, got one here uh, that was sent in from David Clark. Hey, guys. Great discussion on the Hot in the Shade tour. Didn't get a chance to see that tour, but thought it was interesting about the manager involved in selecting the set list. Question. If Doc McGee isn't helping, I wonder if we might appeal to Chip Magoo to see if he could suggest <laughs> shaking up the end of the road set list. You guys are great. Keep up the great work, David. Nice. And uh, this one is from Craig Keith. I met my best friend in 1985. He knew of Kiss, but wasn't a big fan. I played him lots of stuff from the original six albums and was able to talk him into see- going to see them on the Crazy Night Tour. I loved it, but he wasn't impressed. When the Hot in the Shade tour came around, I begged him to give them another chance. From the very beginning, he was like, holy shit, this is awesome. With every classic song, I remember looking at him and saying, see, this is what I'm talking about. From Leon to the Lasers to the set list to the Kiss sign, it was close to perfect. We talk about this concert all the time. For me, personally, after a near decade of seeing Kiss shows with very few classics, this concert was far and away the best one I had seen up to that point. Well, this and the Dynasty Tour. Fantastic episode, guys. Always good to revisit a great night in one's life in this concert. It was one of those for me. Nice. Awesome. And uh, I have another email here that I want to read that this is you're going to you, you guys are going to enjoy this. This email was sent to my work email. How did that happen? Exactly. So. I'm at work and the subject heading says not work. <laughs> so, so I get it. it, it it's it, a guy that I, guy that I physically used to work with in the same location where we, we we're still, we're Facebook friends, but we don't work physically together. We're both still in the department and everything. So he sends me, he, he's a huge kiss fan, huge rock and metal fan. Sends me an email. He says, Tom, I checked out a few of your podcasts. Pretty cool and informative. You and your buddy Zeus sound like you're having a blast. I'll be checking out more in the future. So I respond. I go, Nick, how the hell did you find this? How did you find this? And I think it's because of those Facebook posts, Zeus, that were that Bill Elam tags us in that show up in our timelines because he said, because he said, I saw it one time and I thought you were tagged in it because I know that you're a kiss fan. But then when I hit play, I was like, holy shit, that's actually Tom. So I thought that was kind of amazing. So now it's infiltrated my work. So holy crap, that's going to be interesting. And I love Bill, but that's why I keep the tag off. I got to keep the work stuff separate for me. Yeah, it's for you. For you, it's different. For me, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, and Mr. 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 Gelati, can you please come to the office? Uh, it's come to our attention that uh, you're a a, a fan of Vinny Chameleon? Vincent <laughs> and, Chameleon and a man named Peter North. It's come to our mention that uh, you did a porn star draft. Is that correct? Is that correct? And uh, you've also uh, ruined the uh, reputation of a young, attractive female who likes to pose provocatively with albums and <laughs> and tilt and tilt a little, showing some tutelage coming out. <laughs> 
couple, a little bit, a couple more feedback here. Some separate things from Twitter. This is a, I think it was a DM. Uh, and this is from our buddy John Avery. He says, "Shout it out, Loudcast! I'm going to say it right now. This is the golden era of podcasts. It's guys like you who put their heart and soul into doing the show. Twenty years from now, people will say, why do a Kiss podcast? It's already been done to perfection.'" Wow. Um, go tell that to the 50 others that are doing them. Thank you for that. And then we got a cool, then, then this was funny. This was a funny one. We got this from on Twitter from MD. He says, Hey, shout it out loudcast. I finally caught up with your podcast and I'm writing to you regarding, do you remember the question when we did the mailbag, when Sonny asked about having a cardboard cutout yeah. at like a kiss concert. Yes. So he yes. said, he said, I did this last month for a Rams giants game. You could actually pay and the money would go to charity and they would take a cardboard cutout of you and put it like in the stands. And you, and he posted, he shared the pictures. He got like a certificate of authenticity from the Los Angeles Rams organization. All the money went towards charity. He said, this would be great. He goes, although I don't think kiss would give their money to charity the way the Rams did (laughs) go to Jean's closing costs. So, so just some uh, some more additional and some uh, fun feedback from everybody. We, we, we love when you guys get involved and follow the topics of the episodes and, and just kind of share your stories with us. So thank you for all of that. Yeah, there was that was great. Everyone talking about which ep- which concert they saw and things like that. So I were one big happy kiss family. Yep. Well, some of us are. Yeah, exactly. um, so before we move on, Tom, we usually go over to what's going on in kiss world. Okay, so we are recording on Wednesday, uh, November 18th. And by the time you hear this, the news will have already been out of the bag. And that is the big thing on Kiss's official social media that has everybody uh, wondering what the hell is going on. And it is a countdown to Friday that says this something epic is coming. It's this big, huge hoo-ha. And of course, the entire Kiss universe is wondering what the hell does this mean? So before we started recording, we talked, why don't we kind of quickly go around? Why don't we kind of guess what do you think it's going to be? And what do you wish it was going to be? Realistically, what do you think it's going to be? What do you hope it is? Murph, why don't you go first as a guess? What do you, what do you realistically think it's going to be? But what do you wish it would be? Um, I think they may be bringing something out of the vault for the holiday season shopping okay um you know i that's what i think it's going to be what i hope it would be is uh something along the lines of maybe like the the phantom with the commentary from okay and paul honest okay. commentary i know that's not going to happen but that'd be um, that would be amazing yeah you know, I, I i'm not really holding my breath for anything mind-blowing i think they're just grabbing everyone in and it's just going to be a promotional thing okay zeus what about you buddy what do you think it's going to be what do you hope it's going to be um hotter than hell vinyl special coming up something like that okay what i would hope it would be because i it's kiss lower your expectations people yeah when was the last time they blew us away the last time they blew us away i'm thinking out loud Maybe the you know the reunion. Yeah, prior to that is Hot in the Shade tour, which we just talked about coming out with I Stole Your Love, something 
you know, they don't do anymore. They don't blow us away. Our expectations are too high. People are coming up with all sorts of crazy ideas. What I would like in my expectations, like I said, are not too high. Maybe like a hotter than hell resurrected, maybe with a new remix of hotter than hell, because we've always talked about the production of that album. So maybe something like that where they look back and maybe add some demos like they've done on Love Gun and things like that. Maybe they do that with Hotter Than Hell. All right. The reason why I, I, I totally subscribe to your theory on temper expectations, but the reason why I think this might be a bigger deal than usual is because they are doing like a countdown. They're saying this is going to be epic. They've never done anything like that before for any of their vinyl release releases or reissues or anything. So I think it's going to be something maybe kind of similar to what Murph said, pulling something out of the vault, or it might be what we heard at the beginning of the year, pre-COVID, that there was supposed to be an official Kiss documentary in the making. Maybe that has been wor- been working on behind the scenes during this entire. Well, we time. know it's been been worked on, right? So maybe that's the maybe it maybe maybe on Friday that'll be they'll release like a the, the trailer for it. I I don't know. Can I, I ask know. you guys a question? Oh, of course. Do you think this is a collaborative effort, or do you think it might be more of just Gene doing something on behalf of the band, just with everything Paul's been doing recently with uh, Soul Station and other things like that? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I mean, Gene's the kind of the marketing, merchandising. You know, Paul kind of has like final say, quote unquote, sometimes, but. I'm sure Paul has some say, but I think I'm, I think if it's anything like this, I'm sure he's probably like Gene. You you take care of it. Sounds good to me. Um, Gene is the brand. Yep. Paul is the band. Yeah, but Paul has final say. Yeah, so Gene is not running anything unless Paul signs on the dotted line. That's just yep. my opinion. I think I think it might be the the documentary. What I hope it would be. I hope it would be something like you said, Murph. Something vault related, a box set or Kissology four or something like that. I hope. But we will see by the time you guys hear this, it'll be out and we will all know. So and we'll either look smart or like idiots. Correct. That's true. Yep. Uh, and then another big thing in the news we we mentioned this um, a couple episodes ago that there was going to be a Kissmas masquerade episode in December down in Florida. Yep. Um, and there's been some updated information to that to make this event actually a little bit cooler. So uh, ultimate classic rock actually published an article. We shared it on our social media and it says uh, organizers of the kiss cruise fest, a tie into the band's official kiss cruise has announced that a Kissmas masquerade that will replace the events that were canceled this year because of coronavirus restrictions. The Kissmas masquerade will star Bru- Bruce Kulick, who will perform an acoustic set of Kiss songs with assistance from his bandmate, Todd Kearns. Other performers include the Talisman, who are the backing band for both Gene Simmons and Ace Fairley, plus, plus Jean Beauvoir, Rick Derringer, and others. Tickets for the reduced capacity sh- show are on sale now, and the performance will also be streamed live. There is a statement that says, Kissmas Masquerade is pleased to announce that Bruce Kulick and Todd Kearns will be performing a special show which will be streamed live for the Kissmas Masquerade participants on December 19th. Bruce and Todd will acoustically perform classic Kiss songs in an intimate setting. Bruce and Todd, along with the rest of his band, were scheduled to perform at Cruise Fest in Miami on October 28th. Both of those were canceled. That led Mr. Neil Davis and Brian Bell to create the Masquerade. The intent was to provide a smaller and reformatted Kiss-themed event that could both provide an opportunity to end 2020 on a high note, while at the same time adhering to COVID safety best practices. 
And this event takes place December 18th and 19th in Sarasota, Florida. And you can get all the information at kissmas2020.com. We had talked about that before and how cool it sounds, but just having anything with Bruce just raises the bar on that awesomeness. So I'm going to check that out, especially since it's going to be streaming. I mean, Bruce Kulik doing Kiss songs acoustic, I'm in. So that sounds like something pretty awesome, I would have to say. I think I think most people will agree with that. Absolutely. It's Bruce and Todd yep. Kearns is pretty cool. Absolutely. So I yep. think that's going to be a great show. So I'm looking forward to that as well. All right. Um, one, one more, one fun thing before we get into uh, kind of like the final, final thing with news is uh, our good friend, Paul P-A-W-L Stanley is back on Twitter. Who knows how long that's going to last, but uh hashtag live to win Paul P-A-W-L Stanley is back and uh, he's got his words of wisdom about COVID, about the holidays, uh, about all that good stuff. So if you're into some entertainment and you have a funny bone, check him out. Now, that being said, let's get into the elephant in the room here that we talk about every week. But this week, it has really, really, really gone off the rails. And that is everyone's favorite friend of Shout It Out Loudcast, the one and the only Mr. Pandemic, Paul Stanley. Now, you have been listening to this show for a while. We've been talking about this. It started out as a goof. It has grown into a full-blown, ten-headed monster. And one of the things that I'm learning from people out there, and Zeus, we've talked about this, is that there is a really large contingency of people out there that not only support every single thing that Paul does, but also are extremely outraged at people like me and you. Outraged to the point of insulting people like us who don't subscribe and agree with the Soul Station business. We're not, we're not talking politics right now. We're, it's Soul Station right now a little bit. Obviously, politics and COVID will get into it. But we've mentioned this before, Zeus, and I, I, I don't understand why I am obligated as a fan to like every single thing he does. The reason we're, we're KISS fans, and me and you have been KISS fans since we were little kids. Murph, you came in late, but you're a huge KISS fan. You've seen him in concert multiple times. It is because of Paul Stanley, the star child from KISS. That is my right to not want to see him do other things. Maybe if he did other things, I would want to see them. But this I don't want to see. And the fact that people are angry at people like us who don't want to see Soul Station is something that I really don't understand. It's almost in the it, it almost ventures into the world of politics. You know, the Republican Democrat, like, how can you feel that way? How can you feel this way? So I'll, we'll start it out with that. And Zeus, why don't you kind of tell us where you stand on what's going on here? We've talked about this ad nauseum, and we're going to get into some of Paul's tweets, too, to comment on that, too. I think I can understand where they're coming from, because if somebody puts something out there and they're like, oh, Paul's got this new thing out and it's a new soul station um tweet and I'm tweeting in on my page and I'm really generally excited to see it and talk about it because I like Paul Stanley, the man I I'm interested in what he does. He's somebody that I consider uh, uh, an idol for me personally. And I enjoy that. And then 
some prick like me or you comes on and goes, yeah, you're a fucking idiot for liking that. Association sucks. You're fucking, you're a sheep. Then I understand. But if we're just, if it's just a discussion somewhere and people discussing it, you have a right to, to like it and you have a right to not like it. You know, it just goes back to a little bit of the etiquette of things. You know how it works. You go onto someone else's page to shit on their shit. Then you're the fucking asshole. Or oh, when yeah, they come I on agree, your I agree page with that. and they shit on you, I, then you yep. have a right to be a fucking asshole. Yep. So I think it's all in context. But yeah, there are way too many people that I don't give a fuck what they say. Give them some truth serum that have no idea or interest really in Paul Stanley's soul station. But they're so like starstruck. That they live in fantasy land. Like, let me praise you on Twitter so then you'll like my comment. And then me and you will become best friends. And me and you will be on tandem bikes and get gelato together. That shit ain't happening. But it's just, it's the same stuff. You see that about anything on Twitter or, or social media. People just liking shit and making comments that you're like embarrassed for them. Or like you see somebody an actress or something like, Oh, you're the most beautifully stunning woman. Did anybody tell you that? No, no, nobody told Giselle that she's beautiful. No, she's never heard that. Fascinating. And you know what? She's going to stop what she's doing. Dump Tom Brady and her family and run off to Ecuador and marry you. People are just fucking insane sometimes. And the good in social media makes you feel connected to stars. And then the bad comes in. Makes you think people think they're, they're their friend. Yeah, Paul, I saw you. You are the greatest of all. I see that shit and I cringe. But I don't need yep. to go crush these people's dreams and be like, dude, Paul doesn't know who you are. He doesn't give a fuck who you are. Like, I don't need to say that. But as far as like the the insanity of some of these people that are so intent on telling us that this is a great idea. I, you can say all you want, but you're not going to convince me. Um, I'll I'll give it a listen. I'm a completist, so I might buy it if he releases it on CD. I do like Motown. I'm pretty sure that if I if he was not Paul Stanley singing that, I would not be buying anything of him singing any Motown hits. So I don't know. I'm caught in the middle. I, I would probably say if it's done in context correctly, yeah, I tell them they're fucking idiots. But if not, they're harmless. Leave them the fuck alone. They're idiots, but just leave them alone. Murph, where do you stand on this? Because I have a couple comments we're going to read from Paul himself, but just generally speaking, you know, and, you know, if here's the thing if you are a fan of this and if you are anticipating it and waiting for it, fine, but don't criticize me because I think it is legitimately uninteresting and borderline stupid. It's the it's the world we're in right now. If you, you know, in my case, you know, I I only see it because of what you are commenting on or others. But at the end of the day, I'm not following them. I I don't care. But you know, if you you have that right, you can speak it. And clearly, he's got a lot of people that follow him. And as you know, you see on social media, if people are fans of yours, the overwhelming majority are going to be positive and supporting you and those that you don't like the comments on you're going to block out so you know it's just that's the world we're in and 
you know, he's free to do what he wants and, you know, good luck to him. And, you know, it's like you said, Zeus, R&B, the, that type of music, I think we're all appreciative of. But if it's good, we'll hear about it and find it on our own. We don't need it shoved down our throats. So, but in the meantime, I, I will go out there periodically and do a search by his name and see some of the posts and just start chuckling saying, oh boy, he's just going to uh, trigger a response out of the, the shout out loud guys. So here's, here's actually the root of where my, I don't, I don't want to say the word anger because that means I care too much, but here's where the root of me getting so passionate and so upset about this soul station business it's because I love Kiss that much. And it's because I want to know why the Star Child, the guy, the front man for the band I love, why is he abandoning his band? I feel like he's abandoning me. And I feel like he's trying to erase me as a Kiss fan. And that's what's frustrating to me because if he was doing this on top of the videos he did at the beginning of COVID, the acoustic Q&A and talking about harder than hell and dress to kill and crazy nights, fine. But he has whitewashed Kiss completely. And that's the thing that really infuriates me. So can I ask you a, a question about that? Of, and, and of course. As well, is that, you know, is he at the point of his life where he doesn't care anymore that if you bumped into Gene Simmons on the street and said, Gene, huge fan what would his reaction be? Would he give you the time of day and have a 30 second conversation before he moves on? If you went up to Paul and had that say, Paul, huge fan of kiss. Do you get the same reaction? I mean, does he just simply, is that part of his life just dead to him? And he just doesn't care what you think. Gene loves his fans. He always has. Yeah. He's, he's very, he's very into his fans. Paul. I mean, 30 years ago, Paul was pretty standoffish with fans. So I don't think the soul station thing is going to change his opinion. But yeah, I don't know. I, I we I've never run up the Paul or Gene personally, so I don't know. I, uh, the good thing is I haven't heard horror stories about them. Oh, they're fucking assholes. But I would expect a guy like Paul Stanley gets approached by Kiss fanatics all the time. He'd probably smile kindly and keep moving because he can get caught up in that stuff as well as he should. And I shouldn't. People shouldn't hold it against him. That he's like, fuck, dude, I can't do this all day. I'll never get anything done. So uh, that's not the big thing. But the one part I do want to get to, Tom, I think uh, I'd like to articulate maybe the point. I'm not saying you didn't, but what my concern is, and I'll articulate, maybe, maybe this uh, uh, encompasses your opinion of it too. Look at Jericho. How many different fucking things is he doing? Yep. Now, not everybody's the hardest working fucking man like he is. Chris is still work on Fozzie. He's got that fucking Iron Maiden <laughs> cover band he was doing. He's got um, quarantine. He he's telling us about like some like horror movies that he's doing and in, in, in TV stuff. He's got a million things going, but it doesn't mean he stopped wrestling. He's added to that. Versus Paul, like I'm just not doing Kiss and I'm giving my fans this. That's the difference. Correct. So people that may not like Jericho's Fozzie music are not missing out on his wrestling. Right. And people that are, are, are Fozzie fans that don't like his wrestling aren't missing out on Fozzie because he's got a new album coming out. So th- he still does it. 
So that's the thing that bugs us. And the other part to this, I don't know where Gene stands. Gene has his comments about, there's no money in making an album. Dude, do you really want to tell fans like us that have given you gazillions of dollars that it's about the money for you to make a fuck another album? You can't, I don't give a shit. You're not losing money making an album, but you can't just do it because you like music and you like your fans. You have to make money in order to do it. Oh, but I will make more money by discussing the Mr. Potato Head dolls with the makers. And that's a more productive day for me than sitting down writing songs with Paul Stanley. I mean, give me a fucking break. And the other problem is the other two members of Kiss, they have no power. None. They can't. It's not a real band. It's not Pearl Jam where Mm -hmm. they all can sit around and go, let's get a fucking album together. And let's get going. This is Kiss. So if Paul is on his own, Gene is like, you know, doing his own thing. The other two have no power. Nothing is getting fucking done. So in the 80s, like the ones where Gene was getting shit on, where, oh, Gene got distracted. Gene had this. Okay. Well, Paul was always there to put Kiss on the map, to keep Kiss as number one. Now Paul's like, fuck it. And without Paul doing anything, this is why we have Kiss is the most licensed product in all of the world. No one gives a fuck anymore about licensed products. Okay, well, I know. We don't give a fuck on this show about licensed products. Put some music out. Do something else with your your fucking vault. Bring something different, which has to do with the band. Not just throw pillows and fucking kiss dildos. Like, give us something new. And without Paul being the instrument that he used to be doing it, that's why kiss has become kind of the fucking joke during this, you know, coronavirus. Hopefully, we're wrong and they kick us in the ass on Friday. You brought it, you, you, you said it perfectly about Jericho because the, the people who love Jericho strictly for his wrestling, they don't mind that he's doing Fozzie. They don't mind that he's doing quarantine. They don't mind that he's doing this or that or the other thing. They don't mind that he's doing a podcast because he's still wrestling. You said it perfectly. And that is, that was my point. I don't mind soul station, but you're doing it at the expense of erasing Everything involving Kiss. All of it. You don't even talk about it. Ever. Ever. But it's not just that. It's not just that you don't talk about it. In addition to doing now, all of a sudden, now you're, you're, you think you're Sam Cooke. In addition to that, you've got this new personality that came out. And he's been baptized Pandemic Paul. And what has Pandemic Paul done? Except... Every fucking week, make it as though he, topping himself every week with a new pandemic Paul highlight to the point that we've got texts, private messages from people that are pretty, pretty decent, well-known and stuff. Well, obviously, we're not going to share that because we don't want to betray anyone's confidence. We're not alone on this. Maybe it's because everyone feels like 
that frustration and comes to us to vent about this stuff as well. We have a shitload of people talking about it because not only is it soul station now and pandemic, Paul, the doctor preaching about stuff and his Renaissance man attitude. It's just, you know, it's exhausting right now being a Paul Stanley fan for us kiss fans that are of this same mindset, not all some will take everything that he does, but of this mindset that we're all similar, it's exhausting. So do you guys, do you guys think if it was not for the quote unquote pandemic, Paul, if it was just him focusing on the music, it would be not comparing the bands, but similar to what Robert planted. He's doing his Allison Krauss. He's doing mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the country doing some different stuff, just where Jimmy Page just wanted to keep doing more Zeppelin, Zeppelin, Zeppelin. Kind of like what, you know, Gene's promoting the band, marketing the band. Rob, Robert Plant wants to do his own thing, but. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only difference is Robert Plant doesn't do it because he actually cares about the band member that he lost. Well, that too. That's yep. his that's his brother that he yep. basically lost. Nope. And he's like, I'm just really not interested yep. in performing without yep. my buddy on the drums. Nope. Maybe I with agree. his son, it's a little bit different, but I really don't. So I'm just going to do stuff that I yep. like. You guys like it or you don't. But it's not like Led Zeppelin still together yep. and he's just not discussing the band or promoting it. We've all come to that realization that Led Zeppelin is just not there. It, they're just not. So it's not as though they've been teasing us. They do something, then they go away. Then they tease us and go away. They've been gone. Okay? So it's it's a completely different. I think he might believe he's doing that. I also believe, and I discussed this earlier with our text exchange, that he's also doing a little bit of the, um, he thinks he's Rod Stewart now. Let me sing some standards and get a second career. Remember how... Rod Stewart's always been, I, yep. I love his voice. I can listen, listen, sing anything. Yep. But he's gone through many phases of his career. Yep. Okay. The rock and roller, then the, the R&B kind of soul singer, and then the 80s pop star. And then he came back now recently and started singing standards with Rod Stewart's voice. So that's interesting. It's Rod Stewart's voice to these songs. So you want to hear that interpretation. Is Anybody, and I mean this sincerely, give a fuck about Pandemic Paul's 2020 vocal interpretation of R&B classics. No. Does anybody give a fuck of hearing Paul sing anything right now with his voice? So it's not 80s Paul, 70s Paul, early 90s Paul at his peak. It's Paul who can't handle Kiss songs. Now going to do interpretations of Motown classics. And we're supposed to be interested in this, but Rod Stewart can pull that off. You can't. It's just that simple. I will say the one thing I agree with, with Murph on the analogy is it is obviously kiss and Zeppelin. The situation is different, but if you just, if you kind of narrow it down to just focus and drive in terms of attention and direction, I kind of see where you're coming at, but one quick thing I will we'll wrap We'll kind of wrap up the Paul thing because we do want to get to our, our topic. We but do we, have a topic. Yes, we do. 
But what what once we didn't talk about the actual tweets though. No, but that's what I'm getting at right now. Okay. And it kind of leads me to to it kind of leads me to what you hinted at before about frustration with Paul and whitewashing Kiss. So he posts this. I'm sorry. This is me speaking. This is not Zeus speaking or Murph speaking. He posts this ridiculous fucking picture of him. It looks like an outtake from the wedding singer. It's just horrible. That's me. And he says, Soul Station. We just shot five songs in seven hours. Now, here we go. This is Paul reinventing himself in shitting on his past. Fifteen of us kicking ass without hot tub girls, sports cars, champagne, CGI, or special effects. Just an awesome band playing awesome music from our awesome album. And yes, a COVID compliant day with a picture of him with a group of people. No one's wearing a mask and they're all within three to two feet of each other. Now, I don't give a fuck about masks or COVID right now, but that right there, that's him. He get, you got to throw the COVID in there because he knows that that picture is not COVID compliant. But the bigger thing is what's the matter with hot tub girls and sports cars and champagne? Well, I, I made someone made a point thought it was on that post one of our fans said well you know paul's a 70 year old man i really don't want him to talk about put your hand in my pocket and grab onto my rocket well well how much i said to them well how much older was he when he said fucking saying take me down below we better move because you're already wet yep that was exactly. fucking his last album yep but all of a sudden now it's beneath him it's immaturity yep. it's sophomoric it's misogynistic yeah, it's Kiss. Yep. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yep. It, and it, you know, as you describe, awesome band, awesome. Band. You know what I would say? Great. Who's singing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get into the, and, and then this is the thing that pisses me off, and we'll end with this: the hypocrisy. Because then today he tweeted, "Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday." No other means more than that dinner with the people I love. We won't be doing it this year because I love those people and they love us. Show how much you care by not putting yours or someone else's life at risk. Don't make it a a meal to die for. So, according to Paul, you can record for 15 hours or five, seven hours with Soul Station. You can make music. You can shoot videos. Nobody can wear a mask. You can be in close quarters. You can be singing and breathing and dancing and all that crazy shit. But then you're going to tell me that I can't go have Thanksgiving dinner with my family because they may die from it. Paul, pick a side and stick with it. Because if you think I'm that fucking stupid to believe that you're going to post pictures of you performing in a band that I'm sorry is not COVID compliant. And then in the same breath, you're going to tell me that I can't have Thanksgiving dinner with my family because they might die from it. You're a fucking fraud and it's embarrassing and it's very, very frustrating to me. And I'm going to end with that. All righty then. 617-555-0850. One last tweet. Absolutely. He criticized Dr. Atlas. Sorry. Uh, I... And I agree with him completely. I think the guy's a fucking asshole. 
Uh, but that's my opinion. Tom, you might think he's a great guy. I don't know. No, I don't. I think he's an idiot himself, too. Okay. But anyways, that's just my political opinion. Yeah, yeah. So he criticized him. But then afterwards, he wrote. Paul wrote a second tweet. I was actually going to say, don't embarrass yourselves, in quotes, to anyone who thinks my having an opinion is the same thing as someone appointed and misrepresented as an expert spouting harmful politically based hyperbole as fact. If you're that confused, capital letters, keep it coming for now, dot, dot, dot. So the problem isn't that you do spout out stuff and that you do have an opinion. I like it. I have no problem with it. Some of my favorite artists don't shut up. Thankfully, most of them I'm on the same side as. So Eddie Vedder, I actually, I think Bruce Springsteen sucks, so not him, but <laughs> other artists that are uh, REM, artists that are kind of liberal and they'll make their point set. I like it. You know, I don't yeah. mind. Each one can. Paul can have the same fucking thing. But yep. the problem is, for years, there was videos and Paul constantly shitting on bands that would do that. Or yep. people that would spout their opinions. And the idiots that would follow the people that spouted what those people said. So it's that hypocrisy that comes out. Exactly. Unless he says, I've changed my mind on this. I now believe that I should speak out. And artists should. I've had, you know, I've evolved on this situation. But he's never addressed it from being... I, you know, people that talk about it, artists that talk about it are idiots and people that listen are idiots. Politics are for people who know what they're talking about. Many times when rock and roll bands become famous, they suddenly think they become very intelligent and they make fools of themselves and talk about things they don't know about. But the people out there know what they should be doing. They don't need us. We're idiots. To now, I just won't stop throwing out what's ever in my brain now. So right. to each your own, we're almost an hour into this episode and we haven't got to this. That's okay. Murph, any final thoughts before we move into our topic? Now, let's just get on to what we're thankful for. All right. All right. But before we do that, though, we have to tell everybody that we're also very thankful for our wonderful sponsors at adamandeve.com. And if you've been listening to the episode, my nominee for the Go Fuck Yourself Award is pretty obvious, but I'm not going to say that because I would never say that. Murph, you're raising your hands for attention. Yeah, I have to say something here. Uh oh. You know, the, the theme for a long time was, you know, to add some spice. You know what okay. was never spicy? Uh oh. Tom, what? our dorm room, four years, the same thing every year. I was on top, you were on the bottom. Occasionally, <laughs> Zeus would pop in. You know, maybe your future wife would come through the window, but it was the same thing night after night after night. I'm and sorry, we, we didn't have spice. So we didn't have we, we didn't some, yeah, we, we needed did, some Adam and Eve back then. We didn't have Adam and Eve, we didn't have the internet back then, but now everybody does, so they can go to adamandeve.com. But we did have the uh -oh. greatest fucking porn rented of all time by our friend Rye Guy, who oh came in and dropped it in the middle of our fucking suite where the big TV is, and we're all there. We're watching this. The German bootleg pissing inferno. <laughs> Literally in the 80s, fat, ugly German fucking 
Larry Bird, like reddish <laughs> blonde hair with mustaches. And that's just the chicks. Like the guys were just as bad in a like work factory. And everybody's just like, like on the, on the job. And then halfway through everybody just like starts fucking. And at the end, cause we're like, right. This says pissing inferno. What the fuck? Where is it? This is <laughs> after all these people just destroyed themselves with disgustingness. They fucking ended up taking Peter North style urine samples off this one poor girl who got splatted, splatted with Mystic River like piss. So there's your spicy movie right there. Pissing Inferno. I don't think you can find that on adamandeve.com, but what you can find on there are awesome deals. If you add anything into your cart, you enter the promo code loudcast. You're going to get free shipping, tons of extra free gifts. You're going to get those spicy movies. I don't know if piss Inferno is going to be one of them. <laughs> probably might probably won't be if you're, you're lucky if it won't be. Uh, but yeah, check out adamandeve.com promo code loudcast. You won't regret it. Good stuff for them. Holidays are coming up. So you never know stocking stuffers. Good stuff. Murph, any thoughts on pissing Inferno? Can't unsee it. Twenty-seven <laughs> years a, later, that's a great way to put it. Do you Can't remember unsee how it. excited Rye Guy was when he came in with that? Yeah, and and, and it's funny because Rye Guy's like a successful businessman. He's a he's a husband. He's a father, and he has piss Inferno on his <laughs> rental history. Not he not has, to mention not to mention where. He realized, or forgot to realize, that um, people would be walking through that room <laughs> on the, the common area. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, yes. All right. Rye Guy is, there is more, he has unfortunately been the victim of a lot of my ridiculous uh, activities in the foil to many of my stuff. So, yep. poor bastard. Yep. We got more Rye Guy stories coming in the future, guys. You that poor guy, I tormented him in a good way. Like he's, my, uh, we love him, but unfortunately, he had some accidents <laughs> caused by me. But we'll get into it. So we are on kiss giving again, Tom. Yep. Last year we did five reasons to be thankful. Kiss thankful. We had Murph on, and we want to keep the tradition going. So we're gonna try to get through this list. We'll start off in number five. I don't know if you, I put my list in like order of, you know, whatever uh, I thought might be the most important. Really, number one is the most important for me, but the rest of them are in whatever order I put them in. I don't know if that's the way you guys have it set up as well. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. All right. So why don't we go with number five? Uh, Why don't we start with our guest, number five? I am. Going to start with probably something that will be on, I, I think is going to be on everyone's list, but go with the obvious February 2020, before the uh, world turned upside down on us, Manchester, New Hampshire, seeing uh, Kiss end of the road tour. Um, you know, we we all agreed after that uh, that night that it was not. The, the performance we've seen in years past, but I think 
as the year prog- progressed, we all would acknowledge that the fact that we were together seeing live music of a band that is for the two of you, your, your favorite band, uh, definitely one of my more favorite bands. Uh, and, and Tommy getting to, to spend the night with uh, also your son and my godson. It's, um, you know, it's going to in the long run be a night that we're all going to remember very vividly because just a few weeks later it changed dramatically uh the world and uh pandemic paul was soon upon us so uh that's something i'm going to be uh thankful for in hindsight couldn't agree more great one yeah because you're right that was when the world was normal it was a great night we got to meet the great mitch lafon uh who later on was on our show and uh, we saw David Lee Roth open up. Like you said, my son was there. We were all there together. It was, uh, it was a great night. Uh, and I think the importance of that night is even highlighted even more, like you said, because of what followed you know, a month later. So uh, it's a good number five. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement, Murph. Great night. Something that uh, a, a, almost like a, a previous lifetime ago. Yeah. And uh, it does bring fond memories for me. So good way to start. Tom, number five. All right. Number five for me, um, I had a couple, I I, kind of went a little abstract, maybe if you want to say, but so number five for me was the fact that we've been doing the show for two years. I was a huge Kiss fan, obviously, before that, but over the years, between our album reviews, our drafts, our top tens, et cetera, I have kind of revisited and gotten a new appreciation for a lot of songs and albums that I maybe would have kind of disregarded or shelved if the show didn't exist. So I'm kind of thanking our, I'm kind of thanking the show in a way for, for the fact that I have kind of opened my eyes to some albums or some tracks or some songs, because when we do our album reviews or when we do our rankings or our drafts, we kind of sink ourselves into that album. We spend a lot of time with them. There's albums that, maybe listening to them. I was like, Oh wow. I don't like that as much as I thought I did or listening to them. Like shit, this is better than I thought the album monster comes to mind. Wasn't a huge fan of the album. Still not a huge fan of the album, but listening to it, I kind of feel differently about it than before we ever did the episode. So I think just kind of exposing my ears to the, 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 the catalog because of the show. It's something that I, I appreciate more because sometimes we've been listening to Kiss for so long. Sometimes when you're in your car or when you're going for a run, you're like, I don't want to listen to Kiss right now. I want to listen to something else. But when it comes time for the show, I'm like, all right, time to put the headphones on. Let's listen to Unmasked. Here we go. And uh, I like that. That's great. Awesome. Uh, I'm in agreement with you, Tom. I can tell you right now there's so many things that have changed. I'll give you for a quick example, and that is – when we did the smashes, thrasses, and shit. Yes. That, those are the songs that I fucking hated when we started the podcast. Guess what? That list is completely changed for me. Hint, hint, episode in the future. Absolutely. Yep. yep. So I, 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 I have a fond appreciation of what you're saying. So I'm in agreement. Nice. All right. What do you got? Number five. Murph, any comments? No, I think that's a fair observation. I mean, you guys are... Uh living and breathing this throughout the week. So I would expect that, uh, you know, you would be open and exposed to uh, things that maybe didn't connect with you in the past. So, yep. Yep. Good call. Cool. All right. Number five. 
Uh, I'm going to put number five, the that you can still find things to collect if that's something you like. So I know I'm not the biggest uh, kiss aficionado or collector or things like that. And I know I just bitched earlier about music and versus collection things. But while there's no music at some times, and at some point the band's going to stop, there are still many things that you can get into. So if you enjoy collecting, you can find stuff to do. So, for instance, you can start collecting vinyls. I know I don't, but if I wanted to, that could be something I can get into. They're the KISS cards. There's the KISS tour books if you want to start collecting on them. And then there are a million other different little products that they put out there. Oh, I got to get all the four, you know, KISS potato head dolls. I've got to get There's still a million different things you can get into. And it's it'll probably continue as well. So it's only going to get more and more. I think that it's a fun thing to do. And it's what I always want to say is I hope it's not in lieu of music. I hope it's in addition to the music, but you know, we'll take it. I'd rather that than nothing. So I'm, I'm thankful that they, there's stuff out there for somebody that if you really want to get into kiss and, or if you do already uh, enjoy kiss that you can find a new thing. They collect, you collect vinyls, Tom, tomorrow you might want to get into the tour books. So who knows? So that's my number five. That's a great one. You're singing my song. Uh, I'm a collector, maybe not with everything and maybe not full blown like some of the crazy people I see on social media, but nope, that, that's a great one. Kiss is always going to be around. Like you said, hopefully it's not in lieu of music, but they're always going to be something to, to, to grab your, uh, grab your attention and your wallet. <laughs> Good one. Yep. Murph. Yeah, actually, um, if, if it's okay that we go into number four. That's actually what I had was oh, vinyl. Okay. Uh, okay. to exactly what Zeus said. Okay. Uh, I am not a collector of vinyl, but knowing Tommy that you and others that uh, we are friendly with are big fans of it and the connection that uh, they have with these albums. I don't understand why some people go out there and buy the same version, multiple versions of it completely goes over my head. But um Knowing that you are making that purchase and that you are using it, I, I, I know there are probably some people that don't even take it out of the package, but knowing that you know in 2020 that vinyl is back. I mean, we've made the, the, the comments of some of those albums we grew up with that our parents had that we laughed about. It's like, yeah, well, that was being played on the record player, that that still happened in 2020 with uh, – you know, some some cool laminations on it is uh, is is very cool to see, especially if you're a Kiss fan and that what you have out there, whether through legitimate purchases or through the uh, black market. All right, nice. I like that. So, I like that. That's your number four. So, I'm gonna actually kind of continue this. I, I had it. I'll I'll throw it in at number four because my 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 top five really isn't hard and fast ranking. So I had vinyl on here. So I'm going to continue the conversation a little bit because I do collect it. Um, I have their entire discography on vinyl along with some bootlegs that I found. Um, and the reason why I collect it is I, I do listen to it. I have a setup in my basement with a turntable and speakers and all that stuff. But for me, it the, the, especially people like us, Kiss is all about, yeah, it's about the music, 
but it's also about like nostalgia, like f- especially for me, because I got into kiss when I was five years old. So vinyl right now, it's almost full circle. I had love gun on vinyl when I was five years old, I have that actual vinyl framed in my basement and then collecting vinyl. Now it just is that full circle of nostalgia. And, and when, and when these reissues come out, they have posters, they have inserts, you know, kind of like they did back in the seventies and eighties. So for me, it, 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 it's a, it's a means of collecting. It's a means of, of consuming the music, but it's also a means of holding on to that nostalgia. And that's why it's, it's extra special for me. So I got that on my list as well. So that's my four as well. I can respect your, both of you, the vinyl comment. Yep. Uh, I'm just not for me. Uh, I have my CDs. I still collect them. I I enjoy the fact that when I look at a CD, I can see it. Yeah. If I put a stack of them up there, I can read what is what. Yep. You know, the thing about vinyl is put them in a, if you put them in a shelf, you're like flipping through all of them. That is true. Another thing that I like is like, I like it being cool as somebody can go, go, wow, look at all that CDs. Oh, that's all Kiss. Oh, that's all Johnny Cash. Oh, that's a, with vinyl, it's like, you the can't. cool thing is to display them. Yep. You can't display your, all your vinyls. There, you have, people have to flip through it and you want to kind of brag about your shit, but you yep. can't. It's kind of hidden. You can pull it out and enjoy it, but, you know, that's just, that's just another thing for me. So I'm not no, trying to take away from what you say. Oh, no, I, I know I, people I, love vinyl. So that's I fully, great. I fully respect the people that are on board with it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So number All four right. for you, buddy. Number four for me. I like to say I am very thankful for Bruce Kulik. Uh, I think uh, that having him around right now and the way he promotes his music, kisses music his interaction during the pandemic, his love of the fans and the way he conducts himself. I'm very thankful for Bruce. Bruce has been awesome during this pandemic. And for us, it's a treat. It's a real treat as a kiss fan. And he's always given us nuggets, things that we cared about, little details about tours, songs, and how he came up with shit that we exactly what we want. Not the same old cliche conversations, but more detailed stuff about things. And I am, and I'm just very thankful for him. And his wife, Lisa, has been a big help, too, with all this. And I'm just, you know, overall, we all love his music and stuff like that. But I'm just talking specifically about the pandemic and that void of lack of music that Bruce has filled, taking on the, a big role for himself for Kiss that they've somehow forgot. So Bruce Kulik is number four for me. I'm going to jump in there uh, because that was actually on my list as well. So I'm going to comment on yours and just throw my pick out there as well. We have been raving about Bruce. Even before COVID, we were, hu- were huge fans of Bruce. Like you said, what he has done during the pandemic, the, your, his videos, staying in touch with fans, you know, and God bless him, dealing with the horrible tragedy of the passing of his brother during this entire thing made made it just that mm-hmm. much more difficult yep. for him. But the way the KISS fans the community embraced him and then kind of dusted himself off and got back into the kiss thing. He posted that spectacular video about the hot in the shade tour that we talked about during last week's episode. Bruce is just stand up guy. So kind and humble. And if you can be humble and proud at the same time, he, he, he's so happy to, to celebrate his years and kiss definitely thankful for Bruce in a way that I never thought was more possible, but 
that's a great one, Zeus, and I'm, I'm jumping on with that as well. Not just commenting on it, but I'm going to throw my pick in there because he's on my yep, list. That's your number three. Yeah. So, Murph, I, anything you want to say before we move on to your three? Yeah, I, I would just say that from everything you have uh, mentioned uh, during your time with the podcast and, and from the feedback of others, that if you did an extended poll of uh, which KISS band member would you like to have over for dinner, I think Bruce would be the runaway because he would show up and he'd want to <laughs> hang out and spend the night with you uh, and, and and just you know be willing to engage. So, um, yeah, no, it's not surprising that you both of you have that on the list. Nice. Number three for you, Murph. I am going to go with, uh, and I know you don't play this anymore, YouTube. Um, okay. Just with what you, uh, and, and this is my way of kind of reflecting on what uh, the, the podcast, just the, the topics that you have played over the last two or nearly two years uh, has prompted me at times who is uh, you know, an above average KISS fan, not a, a diehard to the level that you guys are. But after certain episodes, I'm going on to YouTube and I'm looking at that Mike Douglas episode. I'm not going to that NBC News review, um, you know, kids and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, even to things like some of my earliest memories of kids are people too. When Eric uh, Carr came out as as the Fox, like yep. that was one of the early memories I had of of Kiss. So uh, just things that you are talking about on particular episodes that prompts me to go down a rabbit hole and then you know an hour later i'm like what am i doing here so um but it's just good that you have that opportunity to if you have an interest in a band such as kiss you can find out a lot about its history um through through means that weren't available even you know 15 years ago zeus loves the youtube rabbit hole oh zeus will be God. like so i'll talk to zeus be like oh, dude i'm so tired Oh, everything you feel all right? I was up till three thirty a.m. watching Ace Freely videos. <laughs> I'll get into these things, these wormholes. I can't yep. get out of. Yeah, watching uh, like fucking wrestling vignettes. I'll start yep. watching soprano clips. I'll start watching you know stupid shit, and I can't stop. So, yeah, that's a great one, Murph. It's a great one. It so, is, and, and especially and especially with a band like Kiss, there's just so much material out there. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 like you said, that rabbit hole. The worst thing it says is like, "Oh, you might like this video." And you're like, "Oh shit, yeah, I might like that one." And the next thing you know, it's <laughs> freaking two a.m. Exactly. Number three for me. Uh, I am number three for me. I'd put this one on my list. I am thankful that Peter Chris has been staying out of the drama. Yes. He's kind of kept his nose clean. He popped up earlier in the year when he was doing the, he sang a couple of a uh, song of his off the, I forget which one he did off don't his solo me, album. Yeah. Don't you let me down. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and people were just happy. And he had a big smile on his face. He looks like a happy guy content with life. Uh, I still feel that he'll have a, a role for the end of the road. And I feel like he doesn't need the drama. He doesn't need the, the ace comments on the shit that that he does. And maybe that's that's why I say this is because he's doing the opposite of ace constantly bringing it up. Yeah, those fucking guys would always love to have me because, you know, Tommy's just a copycat. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm needing my throne back. You know, if the money is right, like it's just it aggravates me. So as much as Ace aggravates me, Peter does not. And, you know, he's uh, found uh, his new love 
Gigi, and he's content. Good for him. I'm happy for him. That's my number three. That, that's a great one. Um, there's a piece of me that agrees with you that I'm glad he's, you know, I'm glad he's ha- happy that he's out of the drama. The flip side is I wish we did see a little bit more of him because it was a huge surprise and such a, a pleasant surprise to see that little video that he did. But but I see your point there that it's good to see that he's not mixed up and doing these negative interviews like Ace and he's not he's just but I, I wish we saw a little bit more of him because we love Peter and I know you love him more than any of us. But I, I, I see what you're saying about he's 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 been a class act and he's he's staying out of all this. Murph, anything with Peter? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny when we, we talk about these things of. You know, and I, I think about my mother's younger than Peter Chris, and I'll leave her house. I live less than a quarter of a mile away, and then she'll call me when I get home and say, "Oh, I forgot to tell you." And I'm like, "Mom, you just told me that." And Peter's three years older. Than her. You know, sometimes it's just like, you know, maybe he's just smart enough to realize, "Hey, I'm a 75 year old guy. I had a good life. Let me just enjoy this and not get in something that's over my head." Social media, some of that stuff might just be a little intimidating and overwhelming. And, you know, sometimes the, the right thing to do is just kind of stay back. Bingo. That's, that's well said. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, number two, Murph, why don't you take this one? So uh, number two for me is simply alive. Um, I, like a lot of people, have gone um, through a lot of more music this year than I would have in the past. You're working from home. In my case, I've been working from home for seven months. So you can play things uh, at your desk that you maybe weren't able to do seven months ago. Listen to a lot of music. I've gone down a lot of rabbit holes. You know, Zeus, as you appreciate, we've had the, the dialogue with the country. But yep. one of the albums that I just put on and just played through was uh, Alive. And it was before I read the book where I realized that some of it was, you know, uh, studio produced. But for uh, a, a week in April, I played that multiple times and was like, damn, this really captured the essence of the band. And it doesn't surprise you how they made that surge. Um, so just listening to when they were not Pandemic Paul and uh, Gene with the sunglasses, they were just the demon and the star child and the cat. And uh, Space Ace, it was uh, it, it was a nice trip down memory lane. Yeah, the live albums never get old, especially when you're talking about a live one and two. I mean, I, I'm on record saying I love a live three and Unplugged and all those, but those those two, uh, just you never get tired of them. And like you said, it they it's it's that perfect combination of it's a greatest hits album and it's a live album. It's it's, it's all at once. And um, you know, some people might get tired of visiting a particular studio album, but very rarely do you get tired of visiting those live albums. Yeah. Uh, alive. Nothing left to say. Yeah. It's alive. Yep. So Tom, number two for me. Um, I am thankful for my extensive kiss book collection because there are times, whether it's show related or whether we're, you know, seeing something else or hearing something else, or I hear a song or a, a conversation about an album I grab those books as reference points. Sometimes I grab them. I'll go to the, go to the back and then flip the head to a chapter and be like, Oh shit. Yeah. I forgot about that. Or sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I haven't read this book since I bought it. I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to read a kiss book because as a kiss fan, you like to kind of just 
bury yourself in hysteria. Um, and I love having all these books and speaking of rabbit holes, go on eBay or even on Amazon. There's a lot of book. There's a lot of books out there that I don't have that maybe are out of print and you have to f- buy them from a third party seller. Um, some books that I have kind of bookmarked that I'm looking at getting. And you know what? I know a lot of people like, oh yeah, it's a, it's the same story. Yeah, you learn about how they, you know, they put the ad in the paper for Ace, and it, it, but it, it it's still that like I mentioned earlier with vinyl, it's that nostalgia, it's that feeling of a that a Kiss fan gets. It's hard to explain, and uh, I just love having all those right in front of me to pull pot whenever I want. Yeah, the completionist in me agrees with you a hundred percent. Love the Kiss books. Some are better than others, but. They're there for you. Yep. So no one's forcing you to read them. You want them? Go get them. And that's what I like about it. They're there for those that want to get a little more info on the band. And there are a lot. There's a variety of them. Some on the music. Some on the marketing. Some on the early days. Some on like a great one like Greg Prado's book that just came out, right, that we talk yep. about all the time, Take It yep. Off, which is about the non-makeup era. They're all over the place. So that's a good one. Murph, anything yep. on books? Yeah, uh, I've read a couple of books this year. I I think it's been informative, as I mentioned a few moments ago. That's how I found out that Alive wasn't really Alive. But I will always think back to the first Kiss book that I encountered was when Tommy had a Kiss comic book in our dorm room in 1991. That's right, baby. You got to have some Kiss comics. Absolutely. Yep. Good one. Zeus, what about you, number two? Number two. My number two is Vinnie Vincent Contributions. So yeah. the reason I came up with that is because we were talking about that awesome question that we kind of morphed into our poll question. And that is, would you rather have Bruce have done Animalize or Vinny stay on for another album and done Animalize? And I, I obviously we didn't get that. I would have preferred and God loves Bruce, another album of Vinny, because I think the songs would have been tremendous. He's such a great songwriter. And I think the best of Vinny came through with Paul and Gina there to rein him in. And I think he ups their game. Their songs in songwriting is tremendous. When you look at all the songs that he wrote with them, they're like some of my favorite songs, and it's all with Vinny. So I think that would be a huge addition if he had another album with him. However, I know that's not happening, and it's never going to happen. So I look back and say, you know what? I'm glad we did get what we did. So in a perfect world, everybody says the four of them never part. No one ever they didn't have uh, the breakup, and we wouldn't have met the rest of the gang and Kiss. But I'm kind of glad for every little era because we wouldn't be here where we are today if something didn't happen along the way. So I'm thankful that what Vinny did come in because Ace left and the songs that he put together, whether it's his contributions a little bit on Creatures and then obviously Lick It Up. And then finally what he did when he came back on, on Revenge. And so those Vinny Vincent contributions are some of my favorite Kiss songs. So I'm thankful for what he brought. Totally agree. Huge, huge, huge fan of Vinny. I mean, Lick It Up and Revenge are two of the greats. Two of the greats. His contributions, both songwriting and you know playing. And I love, I 
admittedly, I love his solo material. We reviewed All Systems Go on the show, and I absolutely love that album. So, uh, yeah, we have some fun with some of his uh, off-the-stage antics and some of his business about not showing up at events, et cetera, et cetera. But that's all, that's all fun and games. But when you're talking KISS contributions, um, got to love Vinny. Yeah, from from my side, guys, um, that was not the era of Kiss that I was really following closely. Uh, when Revenge came out, uh, Tom, I know you got back into them huge. So, um, but I, I did not have any awareness that that Vinny was was uh, intimately involved in the creation of that. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, he was uh, a key part of the history of the band, and uh, I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> nice. All right. All right. Time for Let's number one. Number one. Murph. Number, number one. Number one. Okay. So number one, what I am thankful for, fucking Shandy. It's a good song. Oh, it should my not be a hundred. It is a good song. In the words of Roman Troy Maroney, this is fucking bullshit. It is oh. a good song. It is the song that I took from your room, Zeus, to make my mix in 1995. It was a CD that you had. It's a good song. That's all. I'm thankful. Shandy, Shandy, Shandy. Wow. Wow. I'm not going to fight Murph on this because I like the song. So Zeus, I know you hate the song. So that's a good one right there. But I'm thankful that Murph likes it. And I don't. There you go. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. I fucking hate that song, Murph. It is so bad. Ding, ding, It's like those little fucking little bells going off in the beginning. Zeus, Zeus, just think about it. If you and I can have such polarizing opinions on a song such as this, but still have a civil conversation, there's hope for the world. <laughs> yeah. But it's also Murph, and I said it on our last bonus episode, I fucking hate stupid girl names for songs. Oh, like Madeline in this. I don't know. There was a couple of Pops ones. Candy. I just Barry, like, Man- oh. Barry Manilow's Mandy. <laughs> Just John Travolta's but, Sandy, but those are normal names. Mandy and Sandy are fine. Um, Amanda is fine. Layla is a song as a woman. I know a bunch of Layla, so they're those are fine. I don't know any shit, they're only fucking Madeleines, you know, yeah. stupid shit. So, anyways, everyone knows how much I fucking hate that song. But God bless just, you, Murph. I yeah, love I just, you. I so. felt like I had to come out, you know, nope, and defend nope. it. But love, love that you have a strong opinion, buddy. Tom, what do you want? What's your number one? All right. So for me, it is all the multitude of kiss, uh, not just social media sites on Twitter and Facebook, but the kiss fandom out there that we have kind of connected with. Not just through the show, but through me personally as well, like my personal Twitter, my personal Facebook. Because it's personal business. It's my personal private business. Well, Brian, it doesn't sound like you're doing any business. That I know that sometimes, you know, people will post a picture or they'll ask a question or they'll just anything kiss related. And you and and I know that there's a small group that that have I feel like they've almost become our friends where they're all going to jump on board and they're going to comment and they're going to like it or they're going to add their opinion or they're going to add their thoughts or they're going to answer that question or they're going to it's a community. And especially with COVID right now, community stuff is difficult to come by, but the KISS community is even more difficult to come by. I mean, we have our Shout It Out Loudcasters Facebook group. You throw something on there, 
whether it's a question or an opinion, boom, you know that there's going to be a, a litany of people jumping in and it's an exchanging back and forth. And hopefully it's positive. I know on Twitter, it's a lot more positive. Sometimes Facebook can get a little ugly. We talk about those toxic Facebook groups, but I'm grateful that there is some goodness in social media because we all know that there is some horrible shit going on on social media. But if you're a Kiss fan, uh, social media, me personally, particularly Twitter for Kiss, it's a, it's a great place to be. And I'm thankful for those people that kind of add to that community. 617-555-0850. Murph, you're next. Can you let me know where those sites are? Because I can't find it because it just seems to be toxic everywhere. No, 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 it's, 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 it's actually individuals more so than it's like pages. There's a lot of kiss fans and music fans out there. I can, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll, I'll get you connected to them because it's always a good time. If you post a picture of like a new vinyl that I got and everyone's like, Oh shit, I remember when I bought this when it came out in 1980 or, and it just kind of makes you feel good. It makes you feel connected to the kiss world. All right. So you're talking about like the loud casters fans and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so think about it, Tom, how many can we name off the top of our head and we're not naming them because in forgetting other people. So therefore we don't kind of say anything. We'll name a few off the top of our head. If we forget you, it's not because we, we don't think of you. It's just a matter of brain lapse or something like that. But I can think of a couple right off the top of my head, heavy Mayo, Bill Elam, uh, Chris Vickery, Gary Cap, uh, Todd Herring, Jack Broad, Gar- uh, Fat Man on Guitar, yep. uh, Kevin Jepsen, Halface, uh, Devin Dungan, Nye Savage, Grayson Gallego, Angela Capasso, Teddy Barnes, Chris Vickery, I don't know if I said JR, I've already said Gary Cap. how about my Greekian friend, Costa Vucinas, Jack Pinocchio, David Zanet, how about uh, Joel Hoffman, Zandon Black, Marty White, uh, Deuce, David Cathy, uh, Scott Donaldson, Lance Lumley, Doug Middleton, Sean Hammond, Tony Smith, Graham Richley, John Avery, Rick Guerrera, and the 15 different Steves that yep. we're friends with. Never <laughs> mind our podcast brethren that we're all friends with, that yep. we talk to. Am I forgetting people, anybody off the top of your head? I know we are, but those know. are people it, that I could think of yep. literally. And I started jotting them down as you were writing, as you were saying that. So please, if you are a big fan and we listen and I didn't list it, it's not because we don't think of you. It's just because again, brain fart. Yeah. Stuart? No, no, but that, but that's true. Whether it's Facebook or Twitter, because a lot of those names have both a Twitter and a Facebook. It, it, it's just nice. Like I said, and, and those particular people, on top of the people that forgive us if we didn't name you, um, you know that it's going to be a positive interaction. You know that there's it, it's not going to be far. It's not going to be that toxic shit. It's a it's a friendly community where Kiss fans could just nerd out and be Kiss fans. And I'm thankful for those people. And again, from the bottom, give me if we did not name you by names, you're 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 out there, and we and we we we're we're happy for you. We're thankful for you. Murph, anything? No, I, I think that's uh, you, you hit it on that. So everyone, uh, I think, has been accounted for. I've listened to every episode. I know you have a lot of devout followers, uh, and, and um, hopefully that list continues to grow in the year ahead. Yeah, you and like Heavy Mayo become like footy pajama twins. 
you guys, uh, you know, you can think about that way. Murph, you've made a fucking, you've made friends from our show just by being interacting because they're all cool. So um, thank you to all them. So number one has a little bit to do with what you said. So I'll tilt it a little bit. I was kind of similar what you had, loudcasters and stuff. But I wanted to kind of change it a little bit and say uh, I'm thankful that we have pans like this that are appreciate our originality. I I think that most of the podcasts we've had this discussion before. Most of the podcasts out there are quite similar. Some have different style hosts, but we're all kind of talking kiss. How many do we need? 20? I don't know. We came in pretty late in the game, but I still feel though we come in, us coming in late, Tom, we're pretty original. I don't think there's anybody out there like us. Uh, there's some other other podcasts out there, pretty original too. Funny ass host, great way of uh, discussing, breaking down their episodes. Uh, you know, I'll think of Pot of Thunder, something very original. Let's fucking break down every Kiss song, break it down each one, one at a time. We'll go through it. Finished up. They didn't just say, okay, let's do it all over again. They said, fuck it, let's just do non-Kiss songs. I think they're pretty original. You got Kiss FAQ. You you ain't gonna find probably more information on Kiss Podcast. Those guys are like encyclopedias, full of information. So in this stuff that talk about hard rock music, they're not just Kiss centric, but bring a, an originality. Fucking the guys at Potter than Hell, they know shit about bands that I'm like, what the fuck? Who? Steve pulls out shit and BCBB and Dylan, like what band? Like what the fuck? Huh? Those guys are great. Then you got fucking the guys at grown up rock shit. Half the bands that they name from in Sweden and shit that I'm like, what the fuck is this? But then they can do game shows with Sonny's pulling out names and stuff of things that are like out of like, who the hell thought of this stuff? You know, and it's hard sometimes because you get put into this, I don't know, podcast community that it's kind of easy to be like, let's just take that. Let's just do this. Let's take this. Let's take this. We kind of say it all the time, Tom. We wanted to set up the podcast that we wanted to hear, right? Just like Kiss wanted to see the band they wanted to see. Well, that's what we kind of did. Talking about Kiss with no... No limits. Kissing their ass, loving them, and then shitting on something if we don't agree with it. You take your pick. We can have serious conversations with people. We can have stupid conversations with people. But our I, I feel like our ideas are a little bit different. Our sense of humor is completely different from anybody out there. And I think some of the stuff that we come up here is a little bit of original. And our fans, those loudcasters get it they appreciate it they know we're different and they like that and if you don't then don't listen but i enjoy the fact that we're different and then we're original and our fans appreciate that so that's what my number one is yep and when we started the show the one thing we said was we're doing the show we're hitting record and we're doing the show 
there's going to be no script. We're not going to be somebody different when the mics are on and the mics are off. This is it. You, you guys have been listening to us. This is literally hitting record. Yes, we have a topic, but as you heard a lot of what was going on tonight, a lot of this shit, it just, we go off the rails and then we have to steer the ship back on course. And that's how we are. And we're, we're thrilled beyond belief that we have fans out there that enjoy that. I guarantee you there's people out there that are like, I can't listen to those guys. I'm going to go over here. That's fine. Wait, like, like Paul said, an extreme close-up. If you love us, great. If you hate us, that's great too. If you're somewhere in the middle, get out. You know, I'm not going to tell you to get out, but that's, you know, originality, I think is the, is the, is the straw that stirs the drink. And people know that when they come here, they're going to get a topic. It's going to be kiss related, but they also know I got to listen to these guys because some shit's going to go down and I I don't want to miss it because I know that they're not just going to talk about, you know, the destroyer album today when they do their album review, there's going to be some shit going on that I'm not going to get anywhere else. And I want to hear it. And we're thankful for that for you guys. Yeah. And then let's, let's address something too, that kind of came up recently. And, and that is look, every, <laughs> there are so many kiss podcasts. There's only so many kiss subjects, but matters that you can discuss. I still think there are a lot, but if you're not, kind of creative then there aren't that many and me and tom have never done this what's what are they doing what's going on over there oh i like how they did that can maybe tom what do you think if we do that you think we can do it like this never done it never have have we touched something that somebody else says yeah because you know what it's not like hey i'm gonna talk about love gun Oh, that's that you're stealing from me talking about love gun. You know, that's not what we're talking about, but it's one of those things that we plan our show based on what we want to do, not what anybody else is doing. What are they doing over here? What's going on there? And just, you know, to be honest with you, we've been seeing a little bit of, uh, of the opposite happen with some of the stuff that we do. There's been uh, a little bit of, what are they doing over here at Shout Out Loudcast? Oh, let's do this. Let's try to keep up with this. Let's try to do this. Let's try to get this. Um, so, you know, you laugh it off a little bit. Um, you know, you, it's podcasting. This is meant to be fun. But at some point, there comes a point a little bit where it gets a little bit annoying. And you kind of take it as a little bit disrespect. You know, it's a little aggravating. So we kind of joked about it earlier today. And there's been a little bit of that going on lately. So I know you wanted to kind of make a couple comments as well, Tom. And I feel like Murph has got his hand up over there. Do you, do you want to jump in, Murph? No, no. I was, I was just going to say that um, when you two started this podcast two years ago, I was like, hey, you know, I'll sign up and give it a listen. Uh, Kiss is, you know, probably a top 10 band for me, but not top five. My favorite bands. I don't listen to any of those podcasts. Um, and, and frankly, you know, you guys, I've known Tommy for over 40 years. I've known you for 30 years. If the podcast wasn't that good, I would have been a subscribed member and wouldn't be listening. But every and week now, I listen. And now yeah. on a Wednesday night, you're doing a podcast wearing our t-shirt. Yeah. With yeah. three blue moons into me. But, um, it's because it's entertaining. You guys keep it fresh. You keep it honest. And, um, 
you know, you're, you're, you're doing something that's, that's engaging. You don't have to be a Kiss fan to enjoy the podcast. You don't have to be a Piss Inferno fan to join the podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, you guys do things that are out there that, you know, yeah, let, let's face it, it might offend some people and it's not going to be for everyone. But you're just, um, you know, doing it very consistently to what you said at the beginning. You're going to be honest. You're going to do it the way you want it to. And uh, kudos for uh, for keeping it real. Thank you, Murph. And uh, to comment on what Zeus said, hey, look, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Uh, you know, I don't know if, we're, if that's what's happening out there, but sometimes perception can be reality. Um, there are finite things to talk about when it comes to kiss sometimes, which is why we, we really challenge ourselves for creativity and originality. And we want that from the shows that we follow or the shows that we, you know, look at or our, the, the other community or our companions or et cetera, et cetera. And that's the way it should be. You mean we don't do 20 minute before the show and say, what do you want to talk about? We don't do that. We spend an hour while on air before we get to our topic, which is even better. Breaking uh, it down, like how it's going to go in some sense, have some form of um, who we're going to do the previous episode. What was the poll? How's this stuff? Uh, Whose comments? Whose review we're doing this week? You know, things like that along the way. But there is a little bit of lately stuff that's kind of, you know. Copying. <laughs> yeah, basically. Sorry. And whether and whether it's topics, presentations. Now that being social media things that we do that all of a sudden others are doing, or the way things are getting posted or tagged or excels and all sorts of other shit that's been happening a lot lately. And it gets to a little bit of the point, but it doesn't matter because in the end, Tom, what's going to end up happening? We're the better show. <laughs> <laughs> what I'll say about that, and all you know, joking aside, I'm just I'm being a smart ass, like you guys know that we are on Shout Out Loudcast. Um, look, um, at the end of the at the end of the day, you choose the podcast that you want to listen to based on the hosts, the topics in the presentation. If there's a topic that we've covered and you see another show has done it, you may like the way that they did it better. Good for you. We're still here and we're not going anywhere. So to wrap it up, to wrap all that up, we are thankful for our originality and we're thankful for you guys for recognizing that and being on board with it. And the time that we get lazy and stop being original and stop getting creative ideas is the time that we'll probably let you guys know that we're calling it quits. We're into we're we're final uh, part of season two. We're in the final stage of season two. We've already got shit already planned for season three and thoughts of season four. Oh yeah. So like we not we're not resting on our laurels. We're like okay, so next year we'll do this and we'll review these albums and then we'll do this. And then we'll do Happy Kiss Given 3 and stuff, although we will. But we have other ideas, other people we're going to interview, other stuff. We're going to keep getting bigger and better. 
and it's all thanks to you guys. So absolutely. You guys will challenge us and we'll go up to that challenge and get this show even better. And we'll keep working that hard because you guys are worth it. Now, absolutely. If only, now, if only kiss would treat us the, that way, right. As fans. So perfectly well said, well said. And just yep. to wrap and just to, to wrap up the, uh, the Thanksgiving thoughts. Um, I've said this last year and I'm going to say it again. Um, there's nothing I'm more grateful for when it comes to this than the two people I'm looking at right now, Murph and Zeus, you know, having you guys here, um, it's just, it's the greatest and it's what keeps the show rolling. And, uh, I think, I thank you guys every day for being, for being part of this. Obviously Zeus, you're a part of it every day, uh, every week. Uh, but Murph, you're part of this family too. And, uh, I'll say it again. I just, I'm thankful for you guys and, uh, and what we have. Echo right those sentiments. At, yeah. Right back at you. Perfect. Good. Awesome. D- All yeah. right. Murph usually has questions for us. I Tom. do. I do. Uh-oh. And I when actually, he, when he's on the show, instead of viewer questions, Murph asks him. Murph, I do. what do you got? And I, I actually have two. And, and this one here, I've been actually waiting uh, and hoping I would have the opportunity to bring up. Uh, in my re- Kiss books this year, I was not aware of their um, interactions with Brian Adams over the years. And uh, knowing that we were all fans and we grew up uh, during that time when Brian Adams was at his peak, what song that Brian Adams had success with would you have liked to have seen him give to Kiss over the years and make their own? Ooh. And to just kind of give it some perspective, because I've, I've thought about this and went into uh, uh, quite a deep dive, the song Somebody – by Brian Adams, I actually think Kiss could have pulled off and Paul could have made his own. So which ones, which song of his do you think they would have had some success with and, and put their stamp on? It's actually a really good question, Murph. And I, I like the somebody version. Um, I, my, my instinct it's, it is to go toward because I love no way to run so much off of killers. My instinct is to go to run to you. Because I like that song. I like that song anyways. I think that's one of Brian Adams. I think that's one of his greats. I mean, I know people like Cuts Like a Knife, but I think Run to You is terrific. Great chorus. Uh, Brian Adams is great. So when I hear a song like that, I, I, I can picture I could picture Paul in the 80s banging that song out and doing a great job. So that's a good question. I'm going to go with Run to You. I would say off of Dynasty... Straight from the heart, sung by Peter Chris. Ooh, all right, nice like call, that. Zeus. I like where you're going with that. Yeah, because right? Brian Brian yeah. Adams has a little bit of a rasp to his voice sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. good one, That's good one. All right, nice. Very nice. I knew. I'm like, it's not heaven. I'm like, what's the no, other ballad he had? No, back then? and and you know, the easy cheesy one would have been Summer '69, but no, I, no. I like that. That's a really good one, Zeus. I the like only that. one I would think of is I would. I mean, I also go by like, what what Brian Adams songs I really love, like. So I would think cuts like a knife, but I'm like, yep. Yep. all right, Paul singing cuts like a knife. Okay. That might work. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But I okay. would go straight from the heart. All okay. Right. So, Good one. So, so gentlemen, I know this is going to drop uh, on Saturday. So this is going to be the last episode before the, the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, I, you know, I, I'm just looking through here. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing Paul and Ace uh, just in the days of COVID and possibly reduced, uh, you know, uh, attendance at the Thanksgiving meal. What should be considered as the main 
priority for a side dish or a dessert at the Thanksgiving meal this in 2020. So, Paul, Ace, anyone out there, can you respond? This is Gene Simmons from KISS. Paul is unavailable for obvious reasons tonight, so I'm going to take this answer. The key to a successful holiday dinner is the dessert. And you want something with a cream filling and something that will easily allow a hot knife through butter. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, from Gene Simmons. From Kiss. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, if it want my opinion, everybody likes turkey in the middle of a big family gathering. But I would rather like if we could get, let's say, like 30 filet of fish sandwiches and pile them up and make one big, like, giant turkey and eat them and then shit our pants <laughs> right in the middle of the dinner table because I like shitting my pants when I eat filet of fish. <laughs> Drinks for you. Oh my lord. Murph, Whoa. where can we find you? Plugs? <laughs> Forgot. At work we can find you, right? Yeah, oh, don't oh. don't go looking for me. Uh, I'll block you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god almighty. Tom, where can they find us? Oh boy. Shout it out. Uh, you can find us at uh, email shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. We are on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. As you guys all know, we're very active with you guys. We love the discussion, feedback, comments, and our show can be heard on uh, all the major platforms. We're part of the wonderful Pantheon Podcast Network. You can find us on all the great uh, platforms there, you know, Apple, Spotify, etc. cetera. Uh, and uh, check out uh, our Facebook group. We mentioned it a couple of times during the show, the Shout It Out Loudcasters. Uh, that's a great group. We're approaching 1,000 members on that, which is amazing. And thank you guys for that. So that's awesome. Check that out. And uh, check out our buddy Ed from Click Tea Shop. Click with a K. Murph is holding up a package from a order he got from Click Tea Shop. Uh, he's, he's the guy who uh, designed our awesome uh, show logo. And he sells amazing Kiss-inspired products. Uh, great, great graphics for all those deep-cut Kiss fans. So uh, check us out. And uh, you know where to find us. Yes. And I always tell people, please direct message us. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The emails are always our favorite. We love reading the emails. Uh, we love the fact that you guys reach out to us. And you see that fact that we communicate with you guys back. We try to hit as much as we can on social media. When you tweet us or Facebook and stuff. But, you know, the interaction is what makes this show work. And as you heard a lot of the things we were thankful for, please keep them coming. Maybe next year we'll have a bunch of new people that we want to say thank you to for being great listeners. So please keep them coming. And then the other part I would like to say is please give us those five star child reviews, five star child reviews on iTunes, 
on Stitcher, Spotify, Podchaser.com, Amazon, wherever you can find us, please. It's a big help to us. It it means a great lot to us. It it allows for other artists and other people to find our show, moves us up the food chain, and gets us to keep coming up with new and creative ideas for you guys. And we actually got a five-star child review recently. And this was from Base Demon 73 through uh, Apple Podcasts Canada. And he put one on, but then he deleted it. It still shows, but he deleted it and put a newer one on recently. Uh-oh. So I think I hope, he, it, I hope it's still the good. comments are just as good, but he just added some something a little bit different. And he writes, Tom and Zeus, a guarantee to entertain you while providing their opinions. We certainly don't always toe the KISS corporate line. At times, they have guests to add insight. And their monthly bonus non-KISS episodes are always worth a listen. Definitely entertaining. Highly recommend. If you don't get a laugh, listen to these guys. I'd say you're bitter from listening to Stuart's show too long. <laughs> LOL. That's Listen, great. Wow. Thank you so much. And you know, it's always funny because base demon 73. I don't know who that could be. Cause I don't know. That name doesn't ring a bell to me. Nope. Feel free to reach out to us. Send us a message. Tell us that was me. It could be somebody that we never expected. It could be Murph. Who knows? But those, um, star five star child reviews, big help. We greatly appreciate them. Please keep them coming. So thank you very much. And uh, what we usually wrap up with is famous last words. Uh, Murph is always good for something funny. Murph, what do you got for us this week? I'm waiting for the morning light. Then every night, I wonder why. I always try to play it cool. I mean, hello, but say goodbye. Oh, such poetry. So before I do my uh, famous last words, I want to throw in one final thank you for Thanksgiving as as we wrap up. And that is, I want to thank the spectacular lineup of guests that we have been blessed with for the year 2020. We're going to get into all that when we do our end of the year review show, but I wanted to throw that out there because I can't, we can't forget that. Absolutely. Um, Yep. So here we go. You got your script. From a Cosmo guide, 15 ways to find a lover. Don't you make me chase you because you, the author, lied. You'll get your answers, babe, under the cover. Oh. Ah, that's the guy that's trying to tell you, you know, what's going down. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode, that's my mama. That's my mama. <laughs> so I've saved this one. No, no. For when Murph's on. Oh, boy. Because I think Murph will appreciate this. Here we go. This Bud's for you. Oh, no. There's no one else who does it quite the way you do. So here's to you. All you do. You know the king of beers is coming through. For all you do, this Bud's for you. There's no one else who does it quite the way 
What the fuck was that? Hey, get us a couple of buds. Go listen. Find it on YouTube. Peter Chris. I've heard it. Budweiser it's, commercial. It's great. I fucking love it. It's I awesome. I find it so catchy. I want to make it like loop and loop and put it as a song. Oh my God. It's fucking a lo- great. It's love Peter it. Chris. Maybe that can be the new outro for the show now. <laughs> this buds for you. If you said Bud Light, then yes. There you go. But Murph, thank you as always. Love having you on. Tom, thank you. Uh, Kiss Army Loudcasters, thank you. Have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving, everybody. Please be careful out there, and thank you again. Murph? Gobble, gobble. Thank you, guys. Always good to see you. Always great to participate. Everyone out there, have a great, safe, healthy, happy Thanksgiving. Murph, thank you again for joining us for the annual Thanksgiving tradition. I can't believe it's been two years. Zeus, thank you as always for everything. Kiss Army, thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful, safe, happy, healthy Thanksgiving. However you choose to spend it, enjoy. Be good. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.